right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Maybe, Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, you should be allowed to do anything you want, no matter how much it costs me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Simon, good to have you back in town. Yeah, good to be here. Um, we are here as we are each and every week, except on weeks we are not, <laughs> uh, to bring you yeah. all things Nets Nation. It has been about a week and a half to two weeks mm-hmm. since our last dropped ep. A lot has happened. A lot has changed. The world has changed. Yes. The NBA now one of the most influential geopolitical forces on the map. Yeah. This brand is... Changing lives. Yes. Uh, but, well, not the Nets brand, but the NBA brand. Yeah. Um, but, 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 what are we talking about today? Oh, before we get to anything about our show, mm-hmm. well, welcome back. Thank you. Thank uh, you. You had a nice, nice vacay. It, it was great. You yeah. saw parts of New Mexico that I think probably most of the world is not aware exists. What? Um, no, I, everyone knows Albuquerque. Much respect and love to ABQ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were the other little towns you 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 hit up? Well, just so we went to Santa Fe, which is All right. the city that yeah. people have actually heard of in New Mexico. Um, and then we went to Las Vegas, New Mexico, um, which was great. I, I highly recommend. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's it's sort of like a. You remember when I was talking to you about like an ideal, like short vacation for me being like a place where hotel is here, restaurant is here, bar is here. Like maybe walk a main drag a little bit, and then like. You know, leave the yes. next day. Uh, that is Las Vegas, New Mexico. Right. You're not going there for the hikes. You're not going there for the antique shopping. Yeah, or... although there was there were, we did actually go into an antique store. So that's that that. But yes, I I was not right. You yeah. were there for the the hot eats. Yeah. The conveniently located drinks. Yeah. And. Um, and I, I got into lamps. Are you into lamps, Bill? Uh, what kind of lamps? A- antique lamps. Okay, like uh, what are we talking here? Old lamp. I, I don't know. Like I don't, with I mean, like a glass lampshade. Yeah, or? maybe Some, something that is out of the ordinary. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you 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 really fired my imagination yeah. as to what these sorts of lamps might might look like. All right, Simon. I wanted to do a preseason bet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Before, oh, did, was it included? Oh, okay, great. Preseason bet. Will the Nets get the Golden State Warriors pick? It is top 20 protected. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, will the Golden State Warriors be a top 10 NBA team regular season? So I, I suspect I suspect that we both agree on this, which makes the bet hard, but I'm happy to take the, the under. I But... But I believe that, yes, I think we will get that pick. Okay. I will take that we won't get the pick. Really? Yeah. Even though I know you're a bigger believer in the Warriors than I am. I have some belief. I mean, if one listens to anything that's being said in the national media, they're going to be a miserable, horrible train wreck of a team Hmm. Um, that will potentially miss the playoffs. But. You know what? I think they've got the heart of a champion, Simon. Yet I'm going to vote that they don't. Okay. Um, they don't do it. So Simon, I mean, the, the smart, you know, the like your uh, your Bill Simmons and your Zach Lowe's or whatever are all about the Warriors being under undervalued. So you you've got the um, it's mine is this is the smart oh, money. Oh right, you're right, right for sure. Um, all right, well. I have already waited too long, Simon, to take us to a far-flung place, (laughs) not (laughs) oft-traveled, not for the faint of heart, a little place called Katie's Corner. Uh, There is, as there seems to be every week we do this... A lot to get to in Katie's <laughs> Corner. This corner, for as remote as it may be, is jam-packed yeah. 
with hot Nets gossip. Absolutely. Uh, why don't we start with the tweet of the video clip that you sent? Okay. Set us up. What's going on in this tweet? So he is asked on Hot 97, um, a New York-based uh, radio um, show. Home of the Breakfast Club. Yes, right. Hot, yeah. Um, why he didn't, or whether he considered the Knicks, and why he didn't go with the Knicks. And he sort of, he says, you know, for, for a little bit, you know, he considered, he didn't do too much research into them, but he thought about it. And then, you know, asked about, um, he, he sort I forget exactly what prompted this, but, but he sort of goes on to say, it's tough to get the best players, and especially the younger players have no concept of the Knicks being any good, because um, they haven't been alive while the Knicks have been good. Um, and so it's, they don't really, those players don't really see the Knicks as this, like, alluring, storied franchise. Um, which I think should just, that is like, when I saw that clip, like, I was like, okay, well, that's, that's a, that's a take I've heard before, but also like completely reasonable and a perfectly, to me, non, uh, controversial take, but it like instant, like ESPN wrote it up all, everyone, every sports site wrote it up and it instantly became fodder. It, which is crazy because it is such an obvious statement. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's something that is immediately recognizable to anyone paying attention. Like, if something's bad for a really long time, young people will just know it as bad. It right. doesn't have the cachet. In addition to which, we're just amnesiac as a culture about right. things in general. Right. But, like... You know, it's like it's like uh, seniors in high school this year who have lived their entire lives with us at war in right. Afghanistan. Like, like it's not a shock to say they they uh, think that the U.S. is in perpetual war, right? Because they've been in literal right. perpetual war. So, right. uh, yeah, no, it, it's a it's a it's a uh, it's sort of like saying. The thing that's just going to upset nostalgic boomers who want to comment on not not even younger, a little younger than boomers, but just older people watching mm-hmm. the NBA who cherish this idea of the league as they like it. Where like the Celtics and the Lakers and the Knicks are like the three franchises that mean the most. Right. Um, one of those is being systematically undermined and has been since. Since uh, Baby Boy Dolan has right. been running the show, so right. uh, another another little bit of KD gossip. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Page Six scoop for the ages? I think I sent it to you. Uh, remind, refresh my memory. Sure. So one fun fact: Nets are appearing on Page Six. So I have like a, an alert in my Feedly reader. Mm-hmm. An app that, uh, speaking of... People speaking who were born of, before... <laughs> people being born now, the kids today, they don't even know what a it, Feedly it, reader it, is. It, it, you just get the, you get the RSS feed <laughs> set up, and then you're alerted when an article is published. Mike Francesa is talking on WFAN about the Knicks. I love that guy. He's always on my Feedly. So I have some sort of alert in my Feedly to get any time... New York Post publishes something that is tagged with nets. Great. It comes into the thing. Great. This page six, I think this is the first occurrence of a page six in my feed. Mm-hmm. Um, because we just haven't had people that were celebrity enough to write. Like, no one is page six in Quincy AC. Yep. Uh, Shane Larkin. Right. Uh, as, as much as I would like to know what they're doing, yep. I, I never really did, it turns out. Page six scoop for the ages. Katie celebrates his birthday at. Oh, you did send this, yeah. David Buster's. David Buster's, yeah. Uh, huge news. I have been to David Buster's one time. Mm-hmm. Have you been? No. Right, okay. We should go. Claire and I went on an off day. They have I- insane specials. We paid like $10 and it was l- unlimited gaming. Um, but the drinks, they have really good happy hour. Uh, I think we got. Some sort of food that wasn't bad. I mean, it was about what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, anyway, it's just really fun. It's amazing to me that he would have, like, of all things, he could have rented, like, I don't know, a yacht that flew right. over Manhattan. Um, right. But he went to Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it's very wholesome. Yeah, it is. Sounds fun. Sounds with, fun. with the Nets team, too. It wasn't a right. an the exclusive whole, affair. The whole crew was there, and a supermodel, and... Some other person was mentioned as well. Right, you got to have at least a supermodel. He's still, he's still, you know, in rarefied air, even if he's kind of slumming it at Dave um, Buster's. The last thing I want to say about in Katie's corner: mm-hmm. Did you listen to the most recent Glue Guys? I have not. Okay, they talk about mm-hmm. um, Katie at Media Day. Uh huh. And there are a couple of things about Media Day that I think we might have gotten a little wrong last episode. Okay. Um, but the first thing is, uh, apparently KD, uh, really made it apparent that he didn't want to be there, Huh? was their claim. Um, he was very dismissive, very short, gave that, that answer about like, I thought about it for three seconds while seeming funny and, you know, seemingly funny and biting towards the team that we abhor, um, the Knicks was really just like said as obviously like I don't want to answer this question so I'm giving you this answer uh-huh. that isn't real but it is an answer so we have to move on uh-huh. um, and that was sort of his feeling uh, the, the feeling they got from him throughout the whole presser have you heard anything about that otherwise no uh, it just sort of feeds into my <laughs> increasing concern with you know how long he will continue to want to subject himself to these things. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, uh, I was talking with Tim a little bit about this today, and, and you know, there have been unhappy with the media superstars in the past. There's been Bill Russell, famously, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, players like that certainly were not fans of the media, but the media was also quite different in the 1960s mm-hmm. regarding the NBA, the 70s and 80s. Uh, there was a lot less of it. It was less constant. It wasn't on platforms that you were engaged in 24 hours yeah. a day. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it just is it sort of another sort of ominous cloud of... KD discontent. Yeah, so I I actually don't, and again, I proclaim myself a a KD uh, stan who is also a Nets fan, so I see things always in a positive. So let me just flip that thing right around. <laughs> I, I I think that's completely fine, and 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 I know you're not disputing this, but a very normal human thing that to me doesn't necessarily indicate that he's he's down on basketball. Can I tell you? Two two things here that I that I two quick uh, KD things that um, one hopefully will provide some sunshine to your to your to your gloomy point there and, and the other just a follow up on the the first thing we talked about. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So permission granted. The, fir- the first thing is um, uh, f- there's video of him uh, at um, practice in the park. KD yeah. at Preston Park, where he seems very happy. Now, again, <laughs> <laughs> so I think he has, like, he's smiling. He's, like, happy to see the fans. Like, I think I think he enjoys the, the again, the essentials of basketball. He right. doesn't like the shit around it. Mm-hmm. But, like, something like a practice in the park, though it is contrived, is a, a venue through which... Uh, Players get to interact more directly with fans than usual and just sort of get to, like, take pictures with them. And it's way more relaxed and it's a way less intense atmosphere than, like, a press conference or, you know, some 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 intense thing. And I th- he seemed to enjoy himself. By the way, I'm also basically, every time Kevin Durant smiles, right. like, I am, like, instantly, right. like, brought into to joy. So, so the other thing is that in addition to the Knicks thing, when he said that, so all of these Knicks fans in, immediately were like, you know, like, hey, you know what's cool? Like this, do you see? Okay, first of all, sorry. He There was somebody who tweeted, like, sarcastically, hey, KD, you don't think uh, this is cool? And it was a photo of uh, of um, James Dolan in his uh, JD in the straight shot. <laughs> it was like him with his, like, stupid, I'm going to do an impression here for you, Bill. I know people can't see it, but he has his... His hands in his pockets and like with his thumbs out in just like a classic pose that no billionaire has ever made 
unless it's contrived with like his other right, band. Like it's an just, yeah, exactly. Just like, hey, we're just hanging out in this lounge. I love right. lounges. <laughs> I own this well, lounge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone in it. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and and they're like, you don't think this is cool? And obviously, like they were kidding. And uh, and Katie tweeted back, very cool. <laughs> so he and then like went on to like beat like all these Knicks fans were like oh yeah fuck you and like you know tweeting like middle fingers at him and he's like you guys better show up at Barclays and like say it to my face and like he's really digging into the Nets Knicks rivalry so I'm I'm excited for that okay uh, I I wish I shared your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically the subhead of all of, all of our podcasts <laughs> for the last several months. So one thing I wanted to amend, one final thing oh, on yeah. the media day that I wanted to amend from last time. We talked a lot about Kyrie Irving and how we were excited by what he said, where it seemed like he sort of was very candid about his mistakes last season and and he was sort of taking full responsibility for it and recognizing that he had had issues and then and uh, and it seemed like a healthy sort of take on it right there was no there was no finger pointing there was no uh, there were no excuses we thought mm-hmm uh, but I think one thing that's come out now that I've read a little bit more about it was that he said that what was so problematic for him last season was that his grandfather mm-hmm. had died, mm-hmm. which we did not talk about last time, did we? Uh, no, but I, I was I was aware of that. Okay, yeah. so I had not been aware of that. Mm. And to me, that sort of undermines all of the things that we were saying where it was like a, a sort of like reckoning with himself and, and this sort of honest you know, introspective look on himself. As soon as you introduce the grandfather dying to me, that's sort of like, all right, the grandfather was the reason why he was the way he was, why he could have handled it better last year. But it's reasonable that someone going through a loss like that would react in that way and totally blow up a team. Uh, but the, the, the concern for me when you start coming up with grandfathers, as, as legitimate as that might be, maybe it really was really just bummed by the loss of the grandfather. Um, as legitimate as that may be, I fear that he will always be able to find a grandfather, right? Mm. Okay. And that's, and that's once you introduce something like the grandfather into, into it, you're, you're, that is the excuse. So that isn't an honest reckoning. That is that is coming up with extenuating circumstances that sort of pushed you into the corner that forced you to be the person who was toxic. And that if you can find something like the grandfather, again, could be totally legitimate and, and that really was a destructive thing. Um, there's always going to be a grandfather in your life. Well, so so, but to to that, I, I would say <laughs> you that only have two grandfathers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one else in his life will ever die. Uh, no, but but to that point, he didn't just say my grandfather died and I was bummed and I wasn't a good leader. He said my grandfather died and I didn't deal with it the right way. I didn't get counseling. I didn't get help. I didn't talk to anybody about this. I wasn't honest with my teammates about what I was going through. So that is an acknowledgement like, Hey, I need to be honest. I need to be, I need to reach out for help if I need it. Um, so it wasn't just like, yeah, my grandpa died. So, you know, I was bummed obviously. And you know, that's why I blew it up. No, 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 no. Sorry. Of course not. It was not as simplistic as like he did this, therefore I did that, and that that you know anyone would have acted the same in that circumstance. It was yeah, I didn't do all of these things, but it was because of this thing, and it's it's sort of like the way the way you do anything is the way you do everything, and I feel like he. <laughs> There's always going to be something that he can say was the, the impetus behind him, perhaps not reacting in the proper way. So, like, whether it's someone dying or something bad, you know, so whatever the situation is, something will emerge which he didn't exactly deal with quite as he should have. It's very easy to say, oh, I should have done this in this circumstance. But it's very hard when the next thing that emerges 
and you start acting badly in that to recognize that it's just you know it's a, obviously a distinct cause, but it's just, it, it it provokes a similar reaction. Um, and so I, it, maybe it's just feeding my cynicism, maybe and, and maybe it's needlessly critical and, and overthinking it. But it just it it just worries me. I thought it was just more of a I was going through a bunch of stuff and I didn't deal with it properly, but that there is sort of like a thing, a external thing that it's attached to is what concerns me because we as humans are con- are extremely capable of coming up with stories to tell ourselves for why we are mm-hmm. the messed up ways that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kyrie is not unique in being messed up and with dealing with things poorly. I have... Many times in my life, dealt with things sure, very badly, sure, sure. Um, and it is not a condemnation. But I just, I, I, I just continue, I continue to want to see evidence of him not being what he has historically been before I'm fully comfortable accepting that there is a new Kyrie in our presence. Sure. Um, and that will be all the negativity on Kyrie. I will say I'm extremely excited to see him play in. Um, China, if mm-hmm. we're still allowed to play in China, right. or uh, we'll get to that later in the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, let's leave Katie's corner. Yeah, Are you cool with that? Totally. And not, nothing else to say about the man. No, he smiled once, folks. Don't worry, he's fine. <laughs> uh, Ethan Strauss article on D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Headline: <laughs> Camp Buzz Warriors truly view D'Angelo Russell as a foundational piece, not a future trade chip. The idea is D'Angelo Russell is obviously a trade chip for the Golden State Warriors. That's what every pundit worth his salt has Mm -hmm. said since he joined the team. Um, Ethan Strauss, a guy who has followed the – whose beat is the Warriors, Mm -hmm. a very, very good reporter for – writer for The Athletic. Uh, is beginning to be convinced that they actually genuinely see D'Angelo Russell as the future of that team. Did you read the article? Yeah. Well, Thank any, you for sending it to me. Any takeaways? Yeah, my take is basically that um, I think you can believe him and believe everything that he says and think that everything that he says is true and still not totally believe the headline. Because um, I, I think that uh, you know, as as at least Bill Simmons and and I think maybe others have said, I, I don't think that it is that they just acquired him as a trade chip, but b- because I'm sure that they would rather he just immediately fit in and be great because that's much easier, right? Then you don't have to get you know you don't have to deal with you know the 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 more machinations of you know trying to make the team better via trade you can just have a good team right. and in, in that i don't think that ownership i don't think that the gm and i certainly don't think the coaches view him as automatically like just forget about this guy don't even coach him don't even invest in him just let him you know dribble down the court and we'll you know we'll be rid of him by december 12th or whatever <laughs> right. um so i don't think that and i do think that the coaches will be totally invested in making him work on the team for as long as he's on the team but i i, I think you can think all of those things and think that they genuinely want to make him work and still think that they will have a which i believe have a pretty quick trigger if it doesn't work out, if all of their investment between now and whenever, I don't know, January, February, whenever Clay gets back, uh, etc., doesn't work, that like that quote unquote foundational piece will become a trade chip. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> um, yeah, I just you know I, I as I mentioned in the last cast. We won't talk about D'Lo much going forward, but I, I I do think it's worth sort of keeping an eye on where what happens with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the general uh, pessimism regarding the Warriors is sort of a slight on him. There has been a lot of national skepticism about how good he actually is, how he'll fit in there. I think a lot of people's concerns over whether the Warriors will make the playoffs is a reflection on a lack of faith in D'Angelo Russell. And I think he's a fascinating uh, fascinating figure for Nets fans because, you know, uh, 
few months ago, lots of people said they wanted him more than they wanted. They didn't want Kyrie for him. Obviously, Kyrie and KD is another story, and I think no one would would say they want D'Lo over Kyrie and KD, um, barring one of the two hosts on the show. (laughs) Uh, no sane person would. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just, I, I, I'm really curious to see how it goes in Golden State. I, I have to admit, I looked at the box score of the Lakers Golden State preseason. I know preseason doesn't mean much. Um, D'Angelo played a fair number of minutes and scored four points and maybe had one assist. Um, so not a stellar start. The Lakers absolutely brutalized them. Um, but I I hope he has a good season. I hope good things happen. I don't hope that he, you know, turns into the next James Harden. Uh, well, sure, I hope he turns into the next James I don't expect him to turn into right, the next got it, James got it, Harden. Yeah. All right. Uh, preseason game, Simon. I was there. You watched it from afar. Uh, or at least watched at the, the box, box score. score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, few takeaways. Prince and Claxton are living embodiments of our son, not our son, the son of God, Jesus Christ. Uh Uh, They are incredible. Prince was six for eight from three, I think. Yeah. Had 22 points. Mm -hmm. Uh, His shot, quick, fluid, confident. It was a thing of beauty. Something to behold. Nick Claxton played eight points and outscored both DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen right. with 13 points. He had two monster dunks and one absolutely fabulous block where a guy was taking a mid-ranger and Claxton came from basically below the rim, jumped out at him, and swatted him while That's he was great. shooting. Uh, Claxton was <clears throat> is also getting some love from DeAndre Jordan. He said, I love Nick. Nick kind of reminds me of Chris, Chris, Chris Bosch. A little. Hey, if we could get a Hall of Famer with the 31st pick. Well, probable Hall of Famer with (laughs) the 31st pick. Uh, So, uh, with the caveat that preseason means nothing, how excited are you by the Prince Claxton revelations? Ah, so good. Well, the thing thing that keeps nagging at me is that last year our preseason was not very good, and I was like, screw it. Like, we got to get Markel Fultz. We got, you know what I mean? Like, we got to just do this, you know, the usual stupid shit. And and just, you know, fuck this team, fuck our development, and, you know, throw myself away. After the preseason, I was like, development is dead. This team's going to be terrible. And, of course, we had one of the best uh, surprises of, of the NBA. And that was all based on preseason. So yeah. this year I'm determined, <laughs> determined to try to keep my emotions in check. But yeah, I mean, it was, and and in addition to which, we played a non NBA team. Oh, big time! Um, that so, was, so that was very apparent. So aside from one guy but, who literally could not miss on right, the team, right? Uh, they were miserable. But I mean, it's incredibly exciting. All of those players are like. That you you know those two players are really key exciting players. Can um, I mention two other exciting players? Yeah, David Nwaba and Jean and Musa, both went off for eighteen points. Yeah, Musa got to the rim at will. Mm-hmm. He drew tons of fouls. Mm-hmm. Didn't shoot super well. Didn't shoot super well throws. from the free throw line, but drew a ton of fouls. Yeah. Had no problem getting to the rim. Was quick up and down the court. It was great to see. And David Nwaba shot. With confidence, again, very, very uh, clearly has the green light from the coaching staff and was exactly what you want on the defensive end. He was a pest. He was poking around. He was guarding bigger guys. He was boxing out. He was going for loose balls. He was exactly what you would want um, as a two-way guy. Yeah, I, I mean, a long, long ago when we first signed him, you said I was going to love David Nwaba. I'm sure yeah. I will. And I also just think he, he is going to be – are hopefully much better, but but will fill the role of Travion Graham. Like I I, I don't th- I think <laughs> don't say that's so horrible. Well, but what I mean by that is that, that is the I meanest think, thing you, you could say. <laughs> he had historically bad every stat, including advanced stats that take into account you know defense. plus minus defense. Well, that, that, that's that's not what I'm looking. At. What I'm saying. What I'm saying. What is, I'm saying is I want the most worthless player on the net. No, what I'm saying is that. <laughs> He he was six five, right? Yeah. Nobody thought he was going to be the stretch four. Nobody 
thought, you know, was like, why is Kenny giving him so many minutes? Like, I do think David Nwab will be, will be a better version of that where, like, he's 6'4", but he's going to play in the front court and he's going to get serious minutes because he's great at defense and he, like, pushes and hustles. And that's, like, you know, the, the more you see somebody like Jared Allen, the more, I, to me anyway, like, rebounding is more about, like, actually wanting a rebound than than how big you are. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I, I'm hoping that Nwaba gets run at 2-3. We put him <laughs> in to guard the best defenders right. on the other team, right. and he's, co- co- you know, competent offensively. Like, he's yeah. he's good he's good enough at shooting um, because he is so good defensively, and that would also imply that our four is not going to a 6-4 guy. Mm. Um, like, if Nick, Nick Claxton maybe gets some run at four, Jean and Musa looked fine. Um but I think that I think that even more optimistically, Nwaba would be playing a, a, like a position that he is sort of meant to be playing mm-hmm. and not have to sub in as the four because we actually have people competently playing the four this season. But that's a that's a <laughs> dream, a little dream. Uh, yeah, that's a huge ask. Uh, I will say the closest to feeling Nets fever that I have had yet this season came at that game. Great. Uh, it was really fun. We were uh, Seth and I were there in the block, and James. We met at Bleachers beforehand uh, because Shorty's is I now don't know shut bleachers. down. It's on Flatbush. It's just okay. a shitty uh, sports bar. No one is there. It's bigger than Shorty's. It's cheaper than Shorty's. Uh, it's the new pregame spot. But let's move on. Okay. Unless you have other preseason game takeaways that you'd like to share. No. Okay. Uh, Brett Yormack, Jordan's Rock Nation is co-CEO. Yeah. Not much to say on that. No. I don't really understand what how the relationship between uh, a, a agency firm and having a lot of players on that, like players connected to that, what yeah. that means. I really don't. Uh, because so many Nets are part of Rock Nation, and, and now he and your Mark is, and his twin brother is, and yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I think that probably we are moving into a new era of sports agents, and I, d- I can't say that I'm a student of the history. I know, like, huge earlier figures, like David Falk, Jordan's guy, sort of revolutionized what agents, how agents saw the entire sort of economic landscape for their mm-hmm. clients um, beyond, like, the game. But it seems like with um, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports and then Rock Nation uh, that they that something sort of substantial is happening in terms of agents and their influence on teams and and I don't know if Rock Nation is going to be a major player in that, um, but. Maybe something to look at. There's not a lot written about it, at least in things that I yeah. read about. I don't know where mm-hmm. people talk about agents. but uh, <laughs> All right, so we got our block ticket, Simon. Um, we've got lots of overlapping games. I think 22, if I get that Atlanta one from Seth. Uh, which games are you most excited about this season? Um, I'm excited to see D'Angelo. Yep, Golden I, State on February fifth, I think. Yeah, and I'm I'm most excited to see the Clippers and the Lakers. Other than that, um, I am extremely excited to see the Lakers as well. I'm hoping to get tickets to the Clippers. I think I'm arguably most excited to see the Pelicans. Yeah, I would got to see the Pelicans. Um, yeah, I'm you got to figure that out. Yeah, I was actually considering buying tickets before I before. That was one that was issued. You see his uh, dunks in preseason? No. Were they? Sick dunks. Yeah. Yeah. Sick no, dunks. He, had, he had a great game. It looks like Ingram had a really good game. Um, that is going to be an extremely exciting team to watch. Uh, all right. So let's transition into the sort of latter part of the show. Uh, the theme is, is going to be Hong Kong related. But to preface it, let's talk a little bit about the, the scandal that is Roiling the NBA. Sure. 
Daryl Morey tweets in support of the protesters in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. This uh, elicits an immediately an immediate backlash from both the Chinese government, the NBA, and well, I guess thirdly, um, the owner, uh, Fertitta. Yeah. Yes. Uh, shut up and listen, Fertitta. <laughs> The billionaire owner of Landry's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, he retracts it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a huge, agonizing, like, three-day hand-wringing uh, set of events has been triggered by this. Yeah. Where the NBA is clearly extremely nervous that they are going to lose a bunch of money from the Chinese government. And China has uh, pulled – there's been sponsorships pulled. They're not going to broadcast the the Nets games. Their contract to broadcast other NBA games appears to be up in the air. All of these, like, various other – site like commerce sites have pulled rockets gear yep it's a whole thing there's like a 1.5 billion dollar deal i gotta tell you i only read the headlines i'm not sure exactly what that deal is but that could i think be it's with something called 10 cent got it uh the which digital... is the one that was yes contracted to broadcast i think okay. basically the games got it um so that's a huge amount of money that would have a pretty big impact on uh TV revenues, revenues in general for the NBA. Yeah. Um, this is very, very, very obviously about the money. If uh, if he had tweeted in support of Cuban nationalists that want to that overthrow the Cuban government who are living in Miami right now, we would not be talking about this. It's no. because of the billions of dollars that it could impact. Yes. Um, what I think is interesting about this whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and it is a painful issue to hear discussed on most NBA podcasts, I will say. Um, they disqualify everything like, I don't know anything about geopolitics, and I think the NBA is nice and good and it's progressive and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's, well, one, I think it's funny that, like, you know, that the NBA is being exposed as maybe not a wildly progressive right, force. Right, it's like, absolutely. Yeah, if the, N- if the NRA had a $1.4 billion contract with the NBA, they probably wouldn't let yeah. Steve Kerr and Popovich talk about gun rights. Right. Like, this is just how corporations manage themselves. Yeah. There's nothing at all shocking in this. The interests that are quote-unquote progressively aligned with various things that are said by people like um, Popovich don't threaten the bottom line of right. the NBA. This does. So they care. But the thing that I think is interesting is the Josiah element. Because yeah. he is a major, major player in this. He yep. has said that um, Daryl Morey, our owner, Josiah, if anyone listening to this podcast is unaware that Josiah is the owner of the Nets, he is. And he... Um, has one of the most profitable corporations in the world that is headquartered in China. Mm-hmm. Heavily tied to the Chinese government. Uh, no billion-dollar company in China <laughs> is not closely tied with the Chinese government. So um, it is not a shock that he comes out and says that the protests in Hong Kong represent a third rail and that they are a, quote-unquote, separatist movement. Yeah. Uh, um, and... He says, I don't know Daryl personally. I'm sure he's a fine NBA general manager, and I will take at face value a subsequent apology that he was not as well informed as he should have been. But the hurt this incident has caused will take a long time to repair. Mm-hmm. So you can read into – I mean, we, it's, it's obvious where he's coming from and why he's saying the things he does. I don't even think that's worth analyzing. Okay. Like, it's, it's clear – where Joe Sai comes down on this issue, mm-hmm. and it's, it's China, it's, China, China, and it is it is totally unsurprising where he comes down. Yeah, um, so not gonna not gonna hit him for that. What I think is more interesting is the more conspiratorial side of this. Okay, the Rockets 
are currently, because of Yao Ming being a rocket, mm-hmm. the most popular yes. team in China. Sure. Is Joe Tsai deliberately playing this up in order to create a wedge between hmm. China and the Rockets and to position the Nets strategically as the obvious choice for China's new team? As numero uno. Bill, I had not even thought of that. Yeah. But that is diabolical <laughs> and and it, it 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 could be it yeah it, it could be and also as you said he is like, a mouthpiece it's just a, yeah, for the, yeah. yeah. Um, not he's not going to bite the mouth that, that feeds him right of course not and nor would i if i were a 9 billionaire as a result of um Amenable ties with the sure. with the Chinese government. Can, can I uh, can I give you a, a couple things on this? Yeah, absolutely, would love to hear. So I find it th- this this whole thing has has driven home. It's another data point uh, on the road that we've long been on uh, towards China being something you can't criticize. Like. Um, you know, not so long ago, China was a universally despised country that, like, everyone, you know, you could just instantly, both parties, everyone, you know, and China does this. And what about China? They're terrible, obviously. Everyone hates them, right, in right. the U.S. Um, now they are fast approaching, like, U.S. military t- military territory where it's like... Yeah, sure, you could criticize something, but you're basically like an effete, like, you know, head in the sky, like, non-realist who doesn't understand the real world. Right. And Do you know how many jobs this is going to impact? Right. Just right. think of, like, the lower-level NBA people will lose their job because this contract's not right. going through, and you're not being sensitive to them, and we should just... Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what Fertitta, a, like, you know... A militant Trump supporter who, you know, whatever is saying, basically, like, we're not political, though I do like Trump and I hate Obamacare, uh, is saying, like, yeah, you know, throw my GM under the bus, maybe he'll be fired, like, I don't care, I need the money. Right, no, of course. And it's it's very obvious why we're being so deferential to yeah. them. Um, no, You know, and it also it, it just shows the sort of baselessness of any espousal of yeah. high-minded principles. Um, you know, like, oh, we, we cherish and revere democracy right. and this and that. But you know what we revere? Just a little tiny right, bit more. Right. This $1.4 billion contract uh, with Tencent. Absolutely. And, and it's another example, like, Kevin Durant's injury was another one where, like, you want to believe that, like, or you try to think of these things as, like, a fun, inconsequential thing, you know, that isn't a multi-billion dollar corporate uh, profit-seeking enterprise, but, like, these things happen and you're like, oh, God, like, they just put Kevin Durant out there because they needed to... You know, they wanted this thing, right? Um, and they view him as a like vehicle for that thing, not as a human being. Uh, similarly, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, freedom and and uh, Black Lives Matter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, but China matters also, right? And it also, as, and I think you're right in pointing out that this is a shift um, in in reception in the United States of America. But it is a it is one of the most glaring examples that we currently have of the increasing shift in power yeah, internationally. Totally. totally. So the reason why we could say <laughs> Why we could revile China as being an oppressive um, dictatorship right. with yeah you know that 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 isn't even worth uh, taking seriously yeah um, is because they didn't pose a serious existential threat and we weren't literally dependent <laughs> on them economically yeah. Yeah. in order to continue the debt financed um, you know fairy tale that we're currently yes. living the end. Of. Yeah. Um, 
power has shifted so substantially that the mere threat of one tiny brand offending this uh, economic behemoth is enough, is, you know, enough to engender senators, congressmen having to talk about this as a real issue. And $1.4 billion is not a ton of money, mm-hmm. but it, it, it does suggest the precarity of the U.S. market and the oh, U.S. Yeah. economy um, relative to China and uh, foretells uh, you know, if you think if if you think this is um, you know a grotesque betrayal of American values or something like that, uh, this is a harbinger of much to come. Yes, uh, this is us when we still have a little bit of economic uh, sovereignty. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it is it is it is a a, a sign of things to come. Yeah. Uh, which cheerily brings us into the theme for the show, which, again, is Hong Kong. Um, so our theme is going to be Hong Kong controversy related. Mm-hmm. And your suggestion is what about – this is you uh, – what about moral sacrifices we would eagerly make in order to see the Nets succeed? So say, what would it take for us to vote for Trump? Or go or to grovel at the feet of an authoritarian regime, a nice championship, a playoff win, etc., a uh, playoff series win, etc. Simon, you're the man behind <laughs> this uh, brilliant, I think, <laughs> theme. Why don't you start us off? So, okay, I'm I'm going to propose uh, as 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 you will um, a a scenario. And I will ask you what what net success it would take for you to be willing to, to, to make that. Right. And I just want to be clear on the ground rules. If either one of us says something that we're uncomfortable with, that could have implication, you know, repercussions for us personally, legally. professionally, yeah, legally, <laughs> we can always say, you know, I wouldn't do it. Right? right? You don't have to. You don't have to uh, to oh, say that okay. that you would do it. That is not exactly how I went about this, but okay. Okay, but I will respond. To yeah. Yours. Okay. So okay. So uh, my first one, Bill, is Joe Biden. Let's say he wins the Democratic nomination. Okay, <laughs> and you you not only here, here's my quandary you would not it, it, what net success would it take for you to not only vote for him right and it use the usual like oh lesser of two evils you got to beat trump you sure. know i hate him too but right. you know blah, my blah, grandpa blah. just died <laughs> right, right yeah of course i voted for him. but you would have to you would have to adopt what as far as i can tell are his Pros, okay. You you would have to say I'm happy to vote for the guy because I just want quickly to say that that we are coming from a place not of uh, of support for Joe Biden, potentially Joe Biden's opponent, Trump. Right, Trump. Uh, No, this is um, coming from a critical place of (laughs) of Joe Biden being a centrist blob who should not be uh, the Democratic. Uh, nominee, but yes. anyway, so we've already alienated enough people at this point. Go on. Yeah. So, so he, you would have to tell people when they said, "Oh, you know, Joe." They brought up Joe Biden. You wouldn't be able to say, "I hate him," right? But I voted for him because he's better than Trump. You would have to say, "I," you know, everything that Obama did, both good and bad. You'd have to refer to that as the Obama Biden. Uh, uh, regime or the, or uh, or uh, you know presidency, you would have to say things like the Iran deal was the you know Obama uh, Biden deal, etc. Right. Uh, etc. Et you'd you'd have to say, boy, those were you know halcyon days those four years ago when we you know had a country that was amazing and perfect, and if we could just recapture that pre this abominable, totally out of nowhere. Trump figure, wouldn't that be something? How what would it take for you to say those sorts of things to people in public? What what kind of oh, net what success? What kind of net success? Right. Um, 
you know, I I don't have that much pride. I would be willing <laughs> to. I would be. <laughs> I would take like uh, an Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah, maybe like a, a a six six game series in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Without KD. Without KD. Without KD. Okay. So just you know auguring right even greater things upon his Absolutely. return. Absolutely. All right. Great. Wow, that is not at all how I have uh, structured my things. I did want to say I do feel a little bit like um, something we're already doing hmm. for the Nets. Um, it does feel a little bit like this, um, and that is is uh, participating in the block. Mm. Uh, now I like the block, yeah. and I like many people in the block, and I love the tickets. But basically, we are willing to like go, especially in the auditions. Yeah, go chant in these very sort of like, um, I don't know, like Hitler Youth. Yeah, I was going to say China would love the exact, way Exactly. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like the uh, like the Korean um, baton twirling things where right. they have like a full stadium of people doing this right. thing, and you're just sort of like mindlessly going through these these things for this quote unquote greater cause. Mm-hmm. So I already feel like to some extent, like I'm willing to do that for tickets. Right. And then I was thinking, like, what would I be willing to do for even better tickets? Yeah. Like, probably something right. pretty heinous. Right. Um, so one thing, and I, this, I'm sorry, I kind of, I kind of, I bungled this thing. Uh, but one thing I thought that I would do, I was thinking of things that I would personally do, okay, um, and what the result would be. So what I, one thing I thought I would do would dig, uh, would be to dig up the body, disinter the body <laughs> of Drajan Pet, uh, Petrovich, uh-huh. in order to ensure a co MVP for. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert are guards. <laughs> and I would do it. <laughs> That's great. I can't believe you'd be willing to two people, one who you don't really care that much about and the other who you hate. Uh, not hate, but uh, I'm skeptical of. Yeah. But yeah, I would dig up a body for that. <laughs> I'm not sure where he's buried. Jersey I or back in uh, yeah. Croatia. But. Yeah, I don't know. All right, what's your next one? Okay, my next one is... so. As, as as you alluded to, it's it's easy to sit on our high perch uh, and say you know these these things are terrible. What the NBA this capitulation is terrible. What the right, NBA yeah, is yeah. doing because we're not losing billions of dollars. But one way, one way in which this could actually impact our beloved Nets bill is in the salary cap. Yes, because if revenue goes down, that means the salary 51% cap goes down. Fifty one percent of it goes to players. Right. So. So and we are on the cusp of salary cap hell, uh, mostly in two years. But next year we've got some pretty tough decisions to make as well, including on your one of your uh, new uh, favorites, Torian Prince. So yeah. I am hoping they get that contract to him before the season starts. Yes. Well, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, Team friendly extension. Yeah. I, I don't see it coming, but but maybe it will. But let, let's just assume it does not. Yeah. Uh, or or even if it does, you know, he could be traded if if the salary cap is is dead. So for a comfortable salary cap that does that makes sure that we sign Torian Prince, uh-huh. would you? Or or what, what else would you be willing to do? I guess you you could also you could also tell me. For you to to say your your GM Sean Marks right, yeah. what would it take for you to throw uh, uh, Maury under the bus and say your completely uh, you know innocuous tweet was actually quite an outrage right. and you should be fired <laughs> and I love China and they're a separatist movement that is trying to sow discord in uh, the otherwise harmonious and wonderful China. Right. So. If I say that a tweet that faintly praises people assembling in Hong Kong mm-hmm. is an act of moral and ethical treason yes. <laughs> against universal human values, <laughs> <laughs> 
Would I do that so that we could have a higher salary cap and next get Torian Prince <laughs> and get and that would ensure Torian yes. Prince? Okay, that's the deal breaker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I would not do that. All right, yeah, all right. That I mean, six for eight. Yeah, from three. No, he was great <laughs> in one preseason game against the okay. Brazilian team. Yeah, but uh, I don't think Sean Marks should do that. I do think, though, this is the other thing I would be willing to do, and mm. it has to do with Sean Marks. Simon, winning um, a U.S. presidential election, as we now all know, thanks to uh, the Mueller report, mm-hmm. is a rather simple affair, right? Mm-hmm. While both candidate amasses literally billions of dollars yes. in order to manipulate human beings or about 48% of human beings in this country <laughs> to vote for um, one person or the other. Um, really, all it takes to get elected in this country is about $12 million given to a um, fake news farm right. somewhere in the Eastern Bloc. Right. Facebook just so spreads, what, spreads it all. What I would be willing to do is I would be willing to put together some angel investors willing to raise up to, let's say, even $20 million. Okay. Get in touch with said farm that has the capacity <laughs> to outmaneuver and outwit billion-dollar campaigns. Um, in order to get Sean Marks, a non-U.S. citizen, elected president of the United States. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's Let's get the farm in? going. You're in? For, yeah, absolutely. I, and I, well, Sean Marks... You, you will, are you willing to do some uh, some development work on that? I, yeah. I by mean, development, I think that, I you know, I mean a fundraising. Capital raising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, totally. Uh, I, I would love Sean Marks 2020. I mean, the guy... Is a great drafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has given us modellos. Yeah, he has posed in a picture with you. Yeah, uh, I don't see why that isn't better than any of the other offers we he, have on. Display. Yes, he's he's incredibly smart, but he is also a man of the people. He is uh, he is always you know uh, generous about you know all, all all the people that you know come up with decisions. He always says you know it's a group of people that come up with this. It's not it's not me. Yep. It's everyone. It's us. Right. Sounds it's like us. another presidential candidate that you <laughs> and I both. It's not me. Us, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Actually, while we've been sitting here, I have gotten both a text and an email from the Bernie campaign <laughs> saying, "Good news, Bernie's doing something. Bad news, our fundraising is slowing down. Give me more money." I thought it had sped up in the wake of the heart attack. Anyway, yeah, okay, I know. Yeah, and yeah. every single fucking article that comes out is like, oh my god, uh, Elizabeth Warren is raising so much money. It's less money than Bernie Sanders, but that doesn't matter. Elizabeth Warren is raising so much fucking money. I was at the uh, farmers market this weekend, and there were about eight different people with um, decked out fully in Warren, Warren yeah. trying to get. Yeah, and it's just like it's Warren country. Yeah, it's Warren country and Park Slope for sure. Yeah, uh, which is. Like I was, I was saying this to Claire. Like she would be far and away the best Democratic presidential candidate that has emerged in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wouldn't it wouldn't be a bummer. But I I, I do think uh, you know what politics isn't a part of this show. Right, so. that's right. That's we're for teething here. Yeah, well, we're for let's, teething. Let's shut up and listen and <laughs> just dribble. Uh, all right, what were we? What were we? We're talking about moral quandaries. Do yeah, you have I don't any- have any more. Okay, that's probably good. Um, our next show is going to be the deep dive, probably. Right? Yeah. Or we were going to do a fantasy one. We did a fantasy one last year. Yeah. We can we can include that. That'll be in the next one. So we're gonna do we're gonna talk fantasy nets, fantasy mm-hmm. prospects, who to take. Uh, say if you're in a league with upwards of twenty human beings, yeah. uh, and it's going, you know, into the two hundreds deep. Yeah. Uh, who might be some fodder for you on the uh, old nets roster? This season, I actually think that we'll have a number of pretty decent fantasy candidates this year, including some very top-end talent in uh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um, So we will talk about not only fantasy basketball, but we're going to do a big preseason 
uh, episode where we get into everything that one could get into about the season. We're going to do season predictions. We're going to do MVPs. We're going to do uh, MIPs. We're going to do uh, who's going to be the um, Mozgov on the team who sort of like has, has fun goofing around in, in pre-games yeah. and on the bike during games. and It's going to be a hell of a good time, I think. Um, we're also going to Jersey. I will be back early Sunday morning so we can still do Jersey on Sunday. Oh, great. Um, we're going to play some real bets on basketball. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening, right? Yeah. Uh, where, oh, where can people follow and whatnot? you got to find us, follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, at Maybe Next Time. And please send us your uh, thoughts, comments, questions, including your predictions for the year to maybe next time at gmail.com. And also follow us, rate us, review us on your Stitchers, your Player FM, your iTunes or Apple Podcasts, uh, and um, uh, Spotify. Right. Maybe hit us up with some KD corners that we're not uh, aware of. Yeah. If you, he, he is all over the internet. Uh, there's lots we're missing. There's lots that, believe it or not, my RSS reader uh, does not pick up on. So I would love it if you could share some things yeah, with send, us. Send us your favorite RSS reader alerts that you've set. Sure, yeah. Um, if you use Feedly, uh, tweet at us. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll go ahead and uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. Together too long, like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read.